here gathered together, the body of Christ. We get to come and celebrate again His presence. Um, it's all about Him. Uh, remember, church is not a place where we come and display our goodness. Church is a place where we come and receive His goodness. It's a place where we come and receive from Him, and then we get to take that out there and then demonstrate that to people that are far away from Him. There are people right now that think they're really locked into thinking that God's mad at them. And we're the ones that get to say, hey, he's not mad at you. He's looking for you and he wants you with all of his heart. And so uh, we started last week. We kicked off a series called Attitude of Gratitude. And uh, this is one that you have to work on. Uh, Everybody has been around a water cooler. Everybody has been in a group somewhere and somebody serves this nice little lob ball up in the air and they're just wanting everybody to grab gravitate towards it. And next thing you know, everybody starts coming up with everything that's wrong with everything and everybody. It can happen in any arena. It can happen when we come and talking about church. We can happen when we're talking about politics. Don't even get me started. It can happen when we start talking about family members. You know, we've, we've got this thing coming up, this thing called Thanksgiving. And, you know, there are people coming to your house or you're going to their house. I'm just getting you prepared right now. And we know there's that uncle, there's that cousin, that one. And, you know, that if you're not careful, you'll sit there and look at them like, oh, that one. It's like, yeah, that, praise God, they're coming to be a part. And so we're looking at this thing of attitude of gratitude. And uh, this is what gratitude simply is. It's the quality of being thankful. Um, readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. And so it, it's something that we can appreciate. And, and sometimes we can get locked into if things we don't feel like are going our way. Um, there's a, a commercial that's out that says you're not you when you're hungry. I want, I want to say to you, you're not you when you're not thankful. <laughs> what happens when you get envious, when you get jealous, when you start looking around and keeping score of what you don't have, you begin to look around and you get hungry. Like, you're not you, and you begin to say and act accordingly. And uh, that's not God's intention for any of us. He wants us to be thankful for all that he's done and continues to do in our lives. And so um, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says it this way. Paul, writing to the church of Philippi, says, don't worry about anything. And how many of you know when you, somebody says, like when you were younger and you said, hey, mom, don't worry. All the moms in the house, when you heard that don't worry, they instantly gave you a reason to go, what? You you already went into what's going on, what, 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 what's happening? Because they said, don't. When Paul says this, and he's telling the church, he said, hey, don't worry about anything. He means it. Instead, here's what we do. We pray about everything. In other words, call out to God. Lord, I need you. This is, this is what we do. We connect with him. And we said prayer is simply having a conversation with him, connecting with him. Um, and pray what, what you need and thank him. For all he has done. Isn't that beautiful? How many of you, when you give something to someone and they begin to express their thanks and gratitude towards you and say, thank you, thank you so much. And here's the beautiful thing about that. Really, I know, I know you folks, you weren't really expecting that. It's not like you were giving so that you would get that. It's just you were giving and going, oh, it just puts that extra draw 
Like, wow. Like, it, it gives you that, that feeling on the inside like you really nailed it. And so the same thing, God loves that. Thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience, as we do this, then you'll experience, what is it we need more than anything? Peace, which, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will do what? Guard your hearts and minds. It guards my heart, my mind. And it'll guard it as we live in Christ Jesus. And so we've been looking at this thing growing in gratitude. Gratitude is a muscle. It's like anything else. You've got to practice it or it doesn't work. Um, that The old saying, use it or lose it. Many times, if we do not continually use our words to thank people and we continually express our gratitude towards others, it can become a thing where we begin to shut down and things begin to shut down in us. That's why the first thing I want to look at this morning is gratitude is a condition of the heart. Gratitude is a thing on the inside. It's just like any other emotion. It happens in here, but it expresses itself out here. And, and by the way, I know many of you have been looking at your pastor's face, and some of you very you're like, "Oh, I like it." And others like, "Oh gosh, it's, it, <laughs> I don't care. It's what my wife says." <laughs> so, no, I'm only kidding. It's no shave November, and I kind of like no shave November. Done it. I don't know, ten years or so. It's a beautiful thing, but gratitude is expressed out here, but it's felt in here. And so it is a condition of what we do in here. We live most of our life inside. Like we do all our thinking and our rationalizing. We do it in here. And then as we do it in here, then it comes out on the outside. And so it's powerful and it's very vital for us to understand that the heart is a big deal. Matter of fact, Matthew 15, 8 says it this way. Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and it said he was quoting from the, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah, who wrote hundreds of years before he even showed up, he said, these people honor me with their lips. In other words, they give me a good lip service, but their hearts, their emotions, their desires, that place on the inside, their hearts are far from me. They're nowhere even near. They're just going through a rule. They're going through a ritual. They're going through ritualistic understanding. He said, I'm after that. I'm after that place what really motivates, what encourages, what, what gets us going. And so that's what, it again, in Luke 6, 45, Jesus is teaching. And he says, a good man brings good things out of uh, the good stored up in his heart, the inside. And then he goes on to say, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And it says this, for the mouth speaks... What the heart is full of. And so many of us, and, and me included, our hearts are very valuable. And we've got to watch out what goes in here. And we've got to be gardeners. We've got to keep up with what we do in here. We've got to allow the, the Lord to do work. Let me say this. Everybody, each person based on their own goodness is never good enough. It's not until the Lord comes in and begins to change the inside. And that's what he's after. That's what he's after. He's after the very core of your being, who you really are in here, when nobody else is around. That's where he wants to minister his life to us. That's where his goodness come in. That's where his life comes in and changes us from the inside out. That's what Colossians 3.15 says this. 
Paul's writing to the church at Colossus and he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And it says this, and be thankful. And so uh, gratitude happens in here before it ever expresses itself out here. The second thing, gratitude is a choice. You know, I can choose whether to be thankful or not. I, I get to make that choice no matter what comes up or what happens. Um, I, I remember a few years ago, we went on a mission trip and we were, we were, um, uh, we had a little bit of a misunderstanding because we were working with a missionary in, uh, in Guatemala and, uh, we had a group of 23 that went on this trip to Guatemala. And so the, the missionaries at first we were contacted, they said, yeah, you need to follow, uh, fly into Guatemala City and then you can take a bus from there to Bataan. And it's like, it's like an eight hour drive. And I'm like, wow, that's not a best thing, but we did it. And when we got into the Guatemala airport, um, we flew this airline. I'm not going to say their name, but it, it had spirit in it. And it was what spirit. I'm not going to say what it was that operated, but it wasn't a good one. And so we got there. Uh, our, our main musical instrument was a guitar and it, the, the, the case, it had a hard case. And as we got on the airline, one of the youth goes, hey, Pastor Mark, I think there goes your guitar. And I said, no, I put it on the plane because I knew we needed that. I didn't want to get hurt. And then, no, I just saw it. I saw the case going by. I was like, no, it's on the plane. Well, we got there. Guess what? We get off. It's coming off with luggage. And it's that's a hard case. It's smashed. <laughs> and I'm like, my guitar. So I, it's a hard case. Now, by the way, let me say, I opened it up. That's why we had the hard case. There's a hairline crack going down. I was like, that's my guitar. That wasn't the worst of it. There were nine, out of 23, there were nine people's luggage that didn't show up at Guatemala City. Didn't show up there. And so we were like, oh, no. And by the way, eight of them were girls. So I'm sitting here trying to communicate with someone who spoke broken English and I'm trying to communicate with very little to no Spanish and we're trying to communicate and say, hey, we need our luggage. We've got a lot of people. We're going to load them on a van and we're going. And so we're heading over there. Well, then come to find out they sent a bus that didn't have enough seats for the people. So myself and one of my elders, Patrick Eads, (laughs) we get on this van. It's the middle of the night and we're going to drive through the night to get to the city. So we get on there. Well, before we get on the van, we're in the airport. While I'm in the airport, and I'm trying to work out, where's the stuff at? What are we going to do? We need our stuff. Where, this is broke. What do we do? Y'all broke the guitar. If, and they're trying to tell me it was like that. When we got there, it's like, uh, uh, no, it was not. It was not broke. So as I'm trying to do this, and I'm sitting here, and there's all this confusion going on around. All of a sudden, I hear something in the background. One of the youth had come, and I'm not going to express, you know, go and say, but it it could have our executive pastor. They go and get the guitar while I'm sitting here conversing, and they go off to the side, and all of a sudden I hear this in the background. They just start worshiping the Lord over here in the airport, and the luggage thing. All of a sudden the whole atmosphere changes. All of a sudden the guy starts, we we start communicating. It's like, hey, we're going to get this to you. The luggage didn't make it, but we're going to get it. This whole thing of, of, of thanksgiving and praise started going up. And when it did, it changed what we were going through. I did not, I'll just 
as the leader, I didn't make that choice. I was sitting here trying to, we got to get ourselves, we got to get this. And the, the young people said, hey, you know what? We're just going to come over here and worship God. It changed the whole atmosphere. Gratitude is a choice that we get to make. That's why in 1 Thessalonians, Paul told the church there, rejoice always. How much? Always. We are, we're to have that attitude always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. I failed. I'm going to go ahead and. I got a big fat F on that one. I was not thankful. I wasn't even praying. I wasn't rejoicing. I was literally in this man saying, we need our stuff. We've got eight girls that do not have their stuff. And by the way, the, the, the night was mine, so nobody could complain. My stuff didn't show up either. So they could say, well, you don't understand. I don't because I'm not a girl, but I did. Not My stuff didn't come either. But it says for us to do that in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. God wants us to get this attitude, get this mindset, get this heart set that, Lord, I'm thankful no matter, Lord, I'm trusting you that you have got my best always in mind. That's what in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're having a rough day. Now, we really don't relate well to this, but they've been beaten with rods because, check this out, they show up and they, they, they're preaching the gospel in Rome, and all of a sudden, there's a, a girl there that is a, a fortune teller, and she starts following them around and saying, "Hey, look at these men! They've come to tell about the glorious God. They're trying to—they're coming to tell you how you can be saved, and they're coming to do that." And finally, Paul—she's just—Paul looks around, and says, "Hey," he cast the devil out of her. All of a sudden, the people that were using her to collect money—they didn't like that so much. Matter of fact, they didn't like it so much. They brought them before the leaders and they actually got beaten with rods. So they got stripped down, beaten, and then sent to jail. Now, how many, how many know if, if I was going to complain, that'd be a good place to complain. I'm going to go ahead and tell you how many have been through stuff and you're like, this is a great opportunity to complain. I've got some rough stuff. People didn't do me. They said something, something happened wrong. That's a way we could do it. But Paul said here, Here's what you need to do. At midnight, after they've been beaten, they're sitting in jail for doing nothing. They did not, they just did what they were supposed to according to what God had called them to do. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I'm not going to ask here how many people. <laughs> That's your natural response. <laughs> I just naturally just thank you, Lord. You're so good. They did that and the other prisoners were listening to them. See, when, when we have things going on, other people are always watching. And they're, they're seeing, hey, are you, are you genuine? Are you really going through? Are, I mean, are tried and true? Are you really beginning to thank God? This is something that has to be developed. It's a choice. A few years, uh, quite a few years ago, I made a choice that whenever I hurt my finger or my hand or my foot, anybody ever did that? You're using a hammer and you accidentally missed the nail and you nail something else, or you stub your toe, or you do something. I trained myself to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I had one of the youth one time, we were doing something, I really, they watched, I hurt my foot real bad. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's like, what are you thanking him for? I'm like, because one day this is going to get better. I just know right now it's not, but I'm thanking him in advance. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's other things that could have come out. 
I'm not going to lie. There were things in my brain that were not, thank you, Jesus, but I've taught myself, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It's something you may want to put in there. It is a choice. And so as they start doing it, as they begin to pray and sing, guess what happened? Suddenly, I love the suddenlies of God. Suddenly, there was a such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Let me tell you, when we begin to get this attitude, even though things are not going our way, and by the way, things are not always going to go your way. That's not, Jesus promised on this planet, we're going to have troubles. It's going to happen. But he says, be of good courage, I've overcome the world. Paul understood that. And as he began to worship, him and Silas, chains break, doors open, and it will change what you're living in. It will change your environment as you do that. The third thing real quickly, so gratitude is a condition of the heart. It's also a choice, but gratitude is contagious. Just like murmuring and complaining is contagious, it's contagious. You can be infectious when you begin to just thank God and say, Lord, excuse me, I'm just thanking you and praising you like I'm still continuing to thank him with my voice. Thank you, Lord God, you've been so good. In Psalms 9, 1 and 2, it says this, I will praise you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. We get to choose what we get to talk about. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. It's all about him. It's what I want to choose to think. As we begin to continually praise him, others around will begin to see that and they'll begin to praise. So you get to lead people. Even if you're not, quote, a worship leader, you can lead worship. Even though you're not, quote, a praise, you can lead praise. As you begin to praise, others will follow and they'll get excited with you. I encourage you, um, let this attitude, let this mindset be in you. And so uh, what about this? So our condition of our heart, our choice is contagious. There's something I want you to get more than anything as we go through this. God gravitates towards gratitude. God gravitates towards gratitude. The same way you do. The same way when people are thankful, you're like, wow. Like, I am so thankful for what God is doing in and through you right here, the body right here. That's what uh, Luke 17, 15 through 19 uh, says. Jesus had just healed 10 lepers. Now, for those of you, many of you are aware, maybe you're not aware, in that that, uh, area, in that country, in that time, if you were a leper, you weren't allowed to be around anyone. You could not go in the city. You were destined to a life of destitute outside, away from everybody. You could not touch anyone. You couldn't be around anyone. They see Jesus coming, and just like uh, blind Bartimaeus, this is the lepers, their thing. They, they're, they're unclean. They begin to cry out to Jesus. Jesus hears them, heals them, uh, hears them goes over and heals ten of them. Heals 10 of them. And they're, I mean, they, all of a sudden, they are restored. Matter of fact, what he did, he didn't even lay hands. And that's another, that's another story for another day. Jesus didn't lay hands on them. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't spit mud and put on them. He didn't do anything. He said, I tell you what, go to, go to the priest right now. Go to him and show yourself to him. And when you get there, you're going to be cleansed. He's like, just go to him. And they're like, hold it. You didn't do anything. You, 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 you didn't even do anything. You're supposed to do... Hey, Jesus, do that mud thing. Hey, Jesus, do, do something. But he said, no, you just go on. And as you do that, it'll be there. Well, as they went, 
one of them on the way there. They start going to the priest and they're going, hold it. Well, hold it. Our skin, it's got new, it's fresh, it's clean. We're, he realizes on his way to the priest that I'm clean, I'm healed. And he decides, I'm going to go back. And it says one of them, when he saw he was healed, he didn't go to the priest. He came back praising God in a loud voice. And look what he did. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And it says here, it makes a distinguish, a, a distinction. He was a Samaritan. He was what we would consider today a half-breed. He wasn't a whole one. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't full Jew. And so Jesus made it a point to say, oh, it was a Samaritan that came back praising God for that. And this says this in uh, verse uh, 17. It says, Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? In other words, Jesus was saying, hey, when I do something, I do it good. In other words, he wasn't doubting whether one of them, I know all ten of them were cleansed, weren't ten cleansed. And he said, where are the other nine? God gravitates towards gratitude. He's looking, he's, he's noticing, and he says, has no one returned to give praise to God? Except this foreigner. This one that said, this is not the one that should do it. And then he said, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Our gratitude plays a great role in our healing, in our lifestyle, what we do, how we do it. And that's why there's two things I want us to, to look at this morning. Two, two things, two assignments I want you to leave here with thinking about gratitude. And some of you may do it. I want you to do this. I want you to make a list of the people, places, and things you want to give thanks for. I know, how many, how many list people we have? You, you like, you work off lists. We got any list people in here? Y'all like them lists? And you like, you like to check. Got it. I'm praying to get there one day. I'm thankful I've got people that are around me that make lists for me. And they're like, here, you need to look at it, you need to look at that, you need, and I'm thankful for that because I'm not a good list person. But I love to check off stuff. Well, Jesus, it's important for us to make a list. It's important to know what, who and what we're thanking. I want to, I want, I want you to know that this is where we, it's valuable to us to know what we really value. What is it that you, who are you really thankful for in your life? What is it that, that means the most to you? Um, this is what Timothy says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. In other words, you've got, you got people in your life that give you a little struggle. Is there some people in your life that rub you the wrong way sometimes? They get what we call under your skin. This is a great place where he says, hey, petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving for them. Begin to thank God. Lord, thank you for touching their life. Thank you for moving in their life. And it says, pray for kings and all those in authority. We pray for President Trump here in this church. We pray for everybody. We pray for our legislators. We pray for our mayor. We pray for everybody that God's given authority over this land. We are supposed to do that and be thankful that Lord moving on their life. Why? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He goes on to say this. In uh, verse 3 it says, 
This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Our thanksgiving, our our, our, inner, our praise and thanksgiving to God for those people makes a difference. This morning, we said a moment ago, and we, we thank all those who stood up, but I want us to participate in something I believe will be very powerful for us. I want, um, I'm going to ask the ushers at this time if they would go. We have here in, 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 on Veterans Day, here's what I would love to do. We've got some little plastic army men, and by the way, I don't know what happened to our society, but you can't find them in the store anymore. <laughs> you have to order them online. It's it's pretty thing. But but here's what I would love. Those that would like to, you don't have to. Before you pass those out, just a second. You don't have to get one of these. But what we thought would be great on Veterans Day is to have a little reminder. This isn't a list, but it's a reminder to pray for, to thank God for. Do you know we live in a country where we're free to come and share the gospel? We're not in, in threat or danger of the government shutting down. They're not telling us what we can and can't say. We have been blessed by God to be able to share the life-giving news of Jesus Christ wherever and with whoever. And that's because of our military people that fight for our freedom. Every, and so I'm going to ask if you would like to. They're going to pass these out. If you would like to, please take one. If not, just pass it on by. There's no... Uh, you know, you're welcome to. You may have some already at your house. I don't know. But I just thought this is a way we could actively participate in Veterans Day, not just today, but on throughout the year. Put it on your stand right there. Make people, when they come in your house, like, why you got a little army man up there? I'm just thankful. I'm just thanking God. Lord, thank you for those who serve. Thank you for those who lay down their life. Thank you for those who will put up with people screaming in their face in basic training and yelling at them and calling them names. That they'll, they'll still say, Lord, we're going to serve you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna learn and we're going to protect. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. While they're doing that, I want to go over another scripture. David, who was a psalmist, who, what I said earlier, was a fallible man. You talk about a fallible man that God used. Here's a man... That if you look at his resume, uh, yes, he was a king. Yes, he did tremendous things. That uh, He did kill Goliath. Uh, he, he, he did that. He killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. He did a lot of things. But he also took another man's wife. He also killed the man after he got his wife pregnant. It happened. It's scripture. He killed the... He, he, he not, well, he didn't personally kill him, but he did put him... At the front where the fighting was the fiercest. Here's this man that God used. The reason why his heart was always toward. God said he was a man after his heart. That in everything he did. He just said I got to. I know where my help comes from. I know where I got to go to get help. I I know where I've got to run to. And that's why it says in Psalms. David many times throughout the Psalms says he thanked God. Psalms 52.9 says this. I will always thank God for what he has done. I will praise his good name when his, when his people meet. In other words, that's what we do. We come here at church together is not to bring pay, praise to any of us, but to praise him because he's the one worthy. He's the one that deserves all the praise, all the honor, all the glory belongs to him. And so we continually thank him for what he's done and for those he places in our lives. 
which is the second thing I want us to look at. First is I want you to make a list, and I want you to, of the places, things, and things you want to be thankful for. The second thing I want you to do, I want you to take a moment every day to act on your list. I want you to take just a moment, and it doesn't have to be a long thing, but if you just take a few moments out of your day, first thing, first thing in the morning, if you develop that habit, that, Lord, I'm going to thank you, first of all, for this day. That before you even get out of bed, before you set, you know, within the first few moments of your day, you set the tone for your day. You realize that. You, you determine when you get out of bed whether it's going to be a good day or a bad day. And guess what? You usually go along with whatever you determine in that first part of the day. Like, for some reason, Mondays get a bad day. Like, if, I, if Monday was a person, Monday would be like, why y'all hating on me? I'm just a day. It's like, I didn't do anything. Don't be so mad. It's like, Monday, I hate Mondays. I was like, what I do? Nothing. So we got to be careful. It's a day. We choose tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up and you're going to say, it's Monday. And Monday's going, just Monday, just a day. Just a day, y'all. You determine what that's going to be like. You get to do that. When you step on, when you step on the floor, when you open your eyes, like, Lord, thank you. Wow, it's a good day. I'm awake. And when I'm not, it's going to be a better day. But today I get to be fruitful and effective for you. I get to make a difference today. You get to make a difference. Tomorrow when you wake up, I want that first. I get to make a difference today in other people's lives. It's because God makes a difference in our lives. That's what we're supposed to do. We're continually, our, this gratitude thing. It is so big. You need to act on that list. Like if I were to ask you right now to take just a moment and think about some people you needed to thank, that you know you need to. I don't believe we have to wait till somebody passes before we say something positive or say, or say something to encourage people or to say, thank. I believe that should start today. I believe there are people that need to hear from you. I'm just thankful for you. I believe that today, I believe, and, and by the way, Thanksgiving is not a season that man set apart. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. It's not during this season we're going to eat, you know, pumpkin spice latte. You know, <laughs> granted, I know those are good. And something like they only have them during this season. I don't know why. They ought to sell them all year long. Maybe, you know, probably they just sell them so more because you had to wait that long to get them. But Thanksgiving should be a way of life. It should be an attitude. It should be. This whole thing of what we're doing. So every day I think it's important to make that list and I think acting on it. I believe with all my heart if you would just act on one or two of those. Like when I, when I, I did youth for many years and number one without fail. Number one. The number one thing when I'd ask, what are you thankful for? Number one, bar none. And I don't care if they were rebellious and all out there. Just It didn't matter where they were at in their life. Didn't matter if they were close to the, to, to the Lord or far away. Number one was, I'm thankful for my family. Number one. They were thankful, I'm thankful for my family. But how many times do we say thank you? Thankful to mama. Mamas. Where my mama's in the house, right? Mama. <laughs> Man, mamas need to hear that. They do. How many of you know wives need to hear that? Husbands, amen. Husbands, hallelujah. Wives, y'all love hearing thank you, don't you? (laughs) 
I'm not, it got real quiet. I'm not saying, hold on. You get off the toes a little bit, but you, <laughs> let me say that Thanksgiving, when you begin to tell somebody thank you and practice and act on it, if we just do that every day, take a moment and find something about someone we could say thank you to them, I believe your world would change and their world would change. Both would begin to change. It would begin to transform how we operate. That's what Ephesians 1, 16 through 19, Paul says this, and I'm closing with this. I've not stopped giving thanks for you. Paul always, in all of his letters, he would tell the church, I'm not stopped. I, I can't stop thanking God for you. And I'm, I'm telling you as the pastor of this church, I've been here for 29 years, and there's never been a day where I wish, oh gosh, Lord, it's not right for me to feel so good to be able to come do what I do. There's never been a day where, where, I've, where I've begrudgingly got up and came to this building for 29 years. Monday through, well, a lot of times early, I'll, I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm thankful that, <clears throat> that God's blessed me to be able to, to be a part. That we're all in this together. I don't own this. This is us. It's, it's our church. You're in this. It's all of us. This is just the part I get to play. This is, this is a gift I get to operate, just like your gifts are operating. I'm thankful, right? Like right now, I'm thankful that we have a, um, <clears throat> that we have a Randy McDonald and we have an Amy Gordy right up there in the sound booth that are making sure I, you get to see this. Look, I'm not, I'm smart. Look, if we didn't have that up there, many of you, I know some of you got your phones out. You got your Bibles out. But they make sure we get to see that. Randy, make sure y'all get to hear it. Also, I'm thankful right now. There are people right now that are serving in our nursery. And we can thank them right now that they're taken care of. Listen, listen, we, we've got to be careful that we don't realize there are mothers, single moms. You know, a lot of times in our, in our society, we look at single moms almost as if it's like, hmm. How dare them? Like something happened. And I want to say to you, they don't need our judgment. They don't need us to tell them how bad or how good that. They just need somebody to come along and say, I'm here to help. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? That's all they need. They need somebody to come alongside with the love of the Lord to come and say, look, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you chose life. I'm thankful that you're walking that. How can I help? So we have people back there right now that said, I would love to be in here and hear this, but I'm going to serve moms and dads and single moms and single dads so that they can sit there and hear and be a part without, come on, y'all know when you got that little one right there, you get to, you get to actually talk adult talk. That's beautiful. <laughs> he don't say, or give them a look. No, you actually get to talk. And so we celebrate that. In children's church right now, we have a group over there right now that are getting, your children are getting a a message in their language, in their level, in their understanding right now because of Kellen Larrisy and the children. Y'all, when y'all came in here, there were people standing at the door. Jim and Jeannie, they were sitting there, the Scots, they sitting there smiling like, hey, how you doing? We're so glad you're here. Look. I'm telling you, every, that's right, give it up for them, everyone. We need to be thankful 
for everyone. The ushers, when y'all came in, they were handing you a bulletin. They're doing that. They're doing that. Give it up for them as well. Everyone. The worship team that was up here, y'all come on. They were just, I don't care what y'all say. I think one day I need to just sing and then y'all be real thankful. Like, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the people. You're like, whoo, thank you, Lord, you are good. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Paul's giving them this understanding. I've not stopped giving thanks for you. We can't stop giving thanks. We can't stop thanking those around us. Gratitude builds. It will continue to build. And it says this, I keep asking. And by the way, this is where our vision is right here. If you want to know where it's at, it's found right here. Paul said this, and I pray this every morning for you. I keep asking God that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Wasn't just to have it. Why? So that you may know him better. I've been walking with him for for 33 years. There's not been a day where I'm still, Lord, teach me. I need to know. I need, I, I'm fallible. There are things my mind can drift. My heart can wander. Lord, keep me centered. Lord Jesus, I'm calling out to you. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me know where I'm at. Help me know what I'm supposed to be doing. Know my assignment. Know where I'm at. I pray the same thing for you. That you wouldn't just go through this life and just go through the motions going, okay, I ate some more hamburgers and hot dogs. And I'm all good, and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. (laughs) God's got so much more. And so he wants you to know him better. No matter how close, he wants you to know him better. Then he goes on to say, I've not stopped. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why do eyes, y'all, the heart, eyes, there's an inside thing. There is an inside thing that I need to see more than what I see. Like these eyes can fool you. If all we go by is what we see here, God says, I will show you and I will enlighten you. I'll give you understanding far beyond. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Every one of you have a calling on your life. Everyone. Like you're called to do something very specific for the Lord. And and that's what our desire. Like today, if you come to, to step two of the growth track, it's discover your design. You're going to take a personality Profile and you'll take a spiritual gift test. There are many people in the body of Christ that don't even know the gifts they have that are residing the treasure that's inside of you because you've not discovered them yet. We'd love to help you do that. So, so that's to say our first thing, we want you to know God. More than anything, we want you to know God. When you get to know God, you'll know how good He is. You'll know how gracious He is. You'll know how much He loves you. You'll know how much He's done for you. You'll know, you'll know that there's no distance. There's nothing He will withhold from you in any way. God's not up in heaven trying to put his hand on your forehead and go, just try to get close, I dare you. Just try. God's up there with his hands wide open. Jesus hung on his cross wide open say, it's finished. Come on, just as you are. Because of what I did, you can come just as you are. No guilt, no shame, no fear. The door's wide open. I love you this much. Come on. So that's the first. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. All of us have stuff that yesterday that happened in the past. And if we're not careful, our past continues to be our future. And God wants us more than anything. He wants to open our hearts and open our minds so we can say, hey, our hard eyes can see in here. Settle those yesterdays so we can then begin to understand our redemptive calling. 
God, why have you put me here? I want to live in that. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And that's what it goes on to say. Uh, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparable uh, great power for us who believe. He goes, that, that's what his desire for us is this. He wants us to know him. He wants us to find freedom. He wants us to discover our purpose, your God redemptive calling. And then the beautiful thing is you get to do it. You get to do it. He wants you to make a difference in other people's lives. Every one of us. That only happens as we continue to trust and believe him. Thank you, Lord. If you would, bow your heads with me at this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I just praise you right now. I thank you for your precious people right here. In this service this morning, those who will listen later, either by podcast or by CD. Lord, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful for you. That Lord, while we were yet sinners, Christ, you died for us. That Lord, you didn't wait for us to get it together. You didn't wait for us to, to have it all figured out. Lord, you said at the appointed time you came. God, you sent your son at the appointed time that where we could be redeemed. Mm. I want to ask you why you're there with your head bowed and your eyes closed. And that's the only way I know. Really, it's nothing real spiritual. It's just something I know you can get alone in a crowded room. And that's what God wants more than anything is to talk to you personally. As you're sitting there, you're contemplating. Let me ask you, are there times where you feel very far away from God? That somehow He can't be reached or somehow He... He doesn't know your address or know your name. Somehow he's not aware of what you're going through. I want to tell you, there's never been a moment or a second of your life where God's turned his back or turned his his head away from you, turned his gaze off of you. You're the apple of his eye. His heart is always towards you. He wants more than anything to have a relationship with you. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's about connecting with a loving Savior who gave His life so we could have life. And this morning, maybe you feel far away, but this would be a great day to say, Lord, I just want to surrender to You. I want to surrender to Your call. I want to surrender to Your grace. I want to surrender to Your love. And if that's you this morning, I would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. It would be a joy and honor and privilege to pray with you, to you to connect with your Heavenly Father. And I'm just going to ask you, if you would, just slip your hand up wherever you are in this sanctuary. I promise you this, I won't make you walk forward. This is between you and God. Nobody's going to ask you to come out of your seat. I want you right there where you're sitting. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Today, today, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would, those that would like to pray this with me, say, Father God, I recognize that I've said things and I've done things that are displeasing to you. But today, Lord, I recognize that Jesus, your death, paid for all of them. 
I choose as an act of my will to give you my life. And in return, Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Here's my life. Use it how you see fit. Amen.